Thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. I am Mustafa Sharif, an urban planner, and you're more than welcome to join my big journey of exploring the making of smarter and more livable cities. Please don't forget to follow Urbanistica on the different social media platforms. And also let's connect on LinkedIn. Big thanks to Urbanistica podcast partner, Avery. Avery is an international engineering and design company providing sustainable solutions in the fields of energy, industry, and infrastructure. Are you ready for a new episode? Let's go for it. and we have a new storytellers. I have the pleasure to welcome you, Fatima and Mayra, to Urbanistica podcast. Hey, and welcome. Thank you. So I'm, I'm very happy to have you here. So you live in Stockholm, Mayra, right? Exactly. Yeah. I've been in Stockholm since 2018. Nice, nice. But you are in Malmo. I'm in Malmo since 2019. Yes. Thanks for coming to Stockholm. It's, uh, I really Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. I love Stockholm. So anytime. You can call me, I will be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to have you. So we start with you. You are our storytellers. How would you, we start with you, Fatima. How would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Fatima Grand. I'm an architect from London. I'm British Persian. So I have a Middle Eastern origin. And uh, I studied and I worked in London as an architect for over 10 years. I lived in London for over, well, almost 17 years before moving to Sweden wow. in 2019. And uh, so I consider myself a Londoner, but I also feel very international, as you can imagine. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been fantastic. And during my experience in London, I basically met many people and worked on different kinds of projects, different sectors. And uh, I'm a member of the Royal Institute of British Architects and the Architects Registration Board. And here is very such Wow, this is so fancy now. <laughs> is it? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Mayra? Well, many credentials there. <laughs> <laughs> That's because I'm old. <laughs> now, good to have you here in Sweden then. Thank you. And uh, welcome to Urbanistica. How about you, Mayra? How would you like to introduce yourself? Um, I'm originally from Brazil. And I have, um, I'm educated as an industry designer, architect and urban planner in Brazil, Sweden and the U.S., uh, so I consider myself quite international as well, nice. as one can say. Um, and I did a few internships overseas as well when I was studying. I did a training in Japan and in the US when I was studying there. And then I moved to Sweden in 2018 to um, study a master's at Cotihua in urban design. And I've been here since then. Um, yeah, worked in Brazil as an architect, but also worked as a landscape architect and urban designer in the US and Japan. Wow, it's... <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of... <laughs> not many credentials. There. So, so you, you literally walk the talk about international architects. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess so. <laughs> Happy to have you. So I also love to know what are you passionate about? What is your passion? That's hard. Um, when <laughs> because there is a passion or there is? Yeah, I think I'm passionate about a lot of things. But uh, I think I'm driven by um, something that I've learned when I was a teenager and got introduced to the punk and hardcore scene, like mm -hmm. the underground world is where I find myself uh, very comfortable. So I'm very passionate for the underground culture, the urban uh, relationships. And um, 
another thing about myself is that I've been vegan for like 18 years. So I think that is a big part of me. Mm. I think everyone who is uh, um, close to me yeah. see myself as this person, as like someone, oh yeah, she's been vegan for as long as we remember. And um, so I think, yeah, my passion is very much around animal rights, urban rights, and yeah, yeah. Um, human rights in general. Yeah. How about you, Fatima? Well, same as Myra, I've always been passionate and interested about many things. And uh, so it's really hard to point, uh, you know, to kind of try and contain it into one subject. But I think because of my background, I, I, I traveled a lot when I was a child. So yeah. for me, I've always been passionate, I could say passionate about um, meeting new people, um, cultures, new cultures. So that's where I get really excited and I want to hear more and I want to talk more. I I really want to have a good conversation, and that makes me that's that drives me really. Whether it's at work with architecture or it's personal life, yeah. So I would say that's what I'm passionate about. <laughs> Amazing. So how did you both met? Well, the first time we actually physically met was uh, here. Mm-hmm. This, in this occasion, we are <laughs> recording the podcast. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, wait. So this is your first time meeting? <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, actually. <laughs> Just before coming here today. <laughs> it's, a, it's a quite an interesting story, this. Yeah. We're going to be telling that more yeah. in depth. But yes, uh, yes. We've, uh, yeah, we have met online. This is long ago. Yeah. O- almost a year. Like in which, what was this? Why? Oh, how? Oh, online. You told me online digitally, but like, why? What was the reason? Through the International Architects Sweden. Okay. So when when we started to grow the platform mm. and mm. connecting with other people and volunteers. Yeah. And that's when we had a few meetups online. Yeah. And then Myra came. Yeah. And we sort of connected immediately, yeah. and uh, yeah. So that's through the through IAS really. Yeah, that's yeah. So, so how does it feel now? Now you met each other like uh, real life. So different. Uh, you see someone on a screen. You prefer the digital one? No. <laughs> you can tell me the truth. <laughs> Definitely. No, no. I think uh, it's nice to see someone on their like bodies. Yeah, yeah. Their body language is something very good and important about someone's personality. I don't think I'm as interesting uh, online <laughs> as maybe I, I think I, I think am. Not, <laughs> I think not so many people are interesting <laughs> online nowadays. You know, everyone is tired in the beginning was fine yeah, yeah everyone was happy this is something new but later no. mm. okay we we really missed it I, I think also that we when you're online you don't have uh, you have to disconnect at some point mm. and when you meet in person i feel we have so much to say and yeah, we still yeah. haven't had enough time to sit down yeah it was short you know yeah, and short. It, yeah so it's actually you realize you you say more when you're in person. Yeah, of course. When you're present. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about the International Architects Sweden. Do you call it, you, you mentioned like AAS or what did you say now? IAS. IAS, yeah. Mm-hmm. IAS. So I'm going to refer to this as IAS during the, the episode for the listeners. So tell me about, Fatima, tell me about the, the background. Mm-hmm. How did everything start? Mm. So I moved here in 2019, as I said before, and uh, with all the experience I had in in London from the UK over 10 years. So uh, as a qualified architect, kind of, I knew what I needed to start my work here as an uh, in the profession. Um, but I struggled to find information. I struggled to connect with people, um, and uh, so I decided to kind of look for that for myself and figure out what's going on and why is it so hard and 
are there any courses and so on mm. so i realized there were a lot of uh, little um, organizations or platforms uh, initiatives that were helping people the newly arrived like myself but they were either fragmented or um, short-lived or they were only in offered in stockholm so i started to kind of uh, think about okay who are these other international architects why why can't i connect with them i want to know more what's happening here um I became a member of Space Architecture and I was just trying to, through that, trying to connect with others. Can you, can you explain to the listeners who like Space Architecture because we have also international listeners? Yes, um, Space Architecture is basically um, representative of the architects in Sweden as well as I believe the role of a union. So yeah, yeah. when you come here as a, as a foreign architect or if you've studied here, you can become a member, you pay a membership fee and you get a certain level of services from them and also the news of the industry and yeah, so on. Yeah. So it's a really good organization to, to start with when you arrive. Mm. So, uh, so that was basically like trying to think about international architects. Who are they? How can I connect with them? So the result of that was that I tried to uh, uh, put a list of things that were could have been helpful for someone like me and go forward to, to Space Architecture and put a motion in front of them to see if they can integrate some of those um, helps that I those uh, elements of you know courses and so on that I needed. Yeah. And they informed me that yeah, they have acknowledged the issue and they are working on it. But this was personally personally for you. It was me, yes. Like you're not where you were not presenting a, a group. It was not just at, for you. And not at that time. I was speaking on behalf of the people I thought would be like me because yeah. I kind of could tell this yeah. about the situation. So then uh, that's where it started with, and then I started uh, calling it International Architects Sweden. Mm. Then we had a f- like a first meetup online during COVID, and that's when we became officially. Yeah, a platform. I remember the first contact you made with, and well, mm. I saw it was in a group, a Facebook group that has yeah. been quite inactive for a really long time, but called Newly Arrived Architects Sweden. Mm. And I think there was something that used to be super active back in the days. And then you posted something mm. like, hello, more people yeah. in the situation here. Yeah. So then that's how you started to yeah. gather. I think I posted like, I need, I'm, st- I'm trying to experiment with starting a platform. Okay. I need people to join so there was already a facebook group it was a Facebook, but it was not super active when you like not really and then you wrote there and you saw there is an engagement yes Mm -hmm. Uh, there was an engagement and people started commenting as well on that uh, um, on that post starting to express their opinion what what did you write i just said i'm looking for a data i'm I'm looking for architects i want to put a database together for international architects here or something of that sort i can't exactly remember yeah yeah and then people started saying, yeah, I'm really interested. It's hard to uh-huh, connect So you, you connect kind of initiate the kind of, okay, let's do something together. Yes, let's do something together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a lot of interest. I think I had about 100 emails from that wow. post. Uh, of course, not everybody got involved, yeah. but the interest was instant. Mm-hmm. And, and I found that then I was even more intrigued. Okay, what's happening here? You'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs> right, what's happening here? Let's figure it out. Yeah. And it's funny because I came one year before and i actually have been coming back and forth between sweden and brazil yeah since 2017 yeah. and there was a meetup group an active meetup group in stockholm mm-hmm. where i've met a lot of my friends uh, they were all international architects working in sweden uh, but this group also started through this facebook group because we have no idea who is the admin of this newly arrived <laughs> facebook group person yeah um and uh it's not something that we have access to. We cannot create events. Mm. We cannot mm. do true, anything. True, true. 
So there was already this meetup happening, which was organized by one person, and it became inactive at some point as well. I think during the pandemic, it kind of died out. But it was only in Stockholm. So it was interesting to see, for me to follow as well, how many mm. like other people in different cities yeah. like that. So I was very motivated to engage in this because I was lucky to be in Stockholm and have this network. And I know how this network was so important for me in the beginning. Mm. But I thought that this is something that has to happen in every single city. So yeah, it was nice to see this happening, uh, mm. this initiative happen mm. back in the days. Yeah. T- tell me, like, what are the challenges? Because you have been in contact with many architects, you did the meetups and so on. So, what about the challenges that they are facing when they arrive? Um, I think the challenges we faced or we face when we arrive is mostly to understand where to go for information. Because, as Fatima said, it's very as architect is a pretty good union. There's a lot of information, but you have to become a member. Um, the majority of the information is in Swedish. Yeah. Uh, the resources that they put available in English is very limited. And when you come, like coming from a different country, it's very overwhelming, everything. Of course. Especially being in a language that you're not fully uh, familiar with. Yeah. Um, so I think like the challenge is to know where to start from or what you should do first. Mm-hmm. And then understanding what ha- happens after, like what kind of material can you have access to? Are there, um, the, for me, for example, was quite surprising to understand that it's not a protected title in Sweden, like architects and landscape architects. There's no protection. I mean, what do you mean by protection? Uh, it's not a title that um, formally you actually need an education to have. Some it seems like someone can claim being an architect just by experience without having necessarily an education for it. Whereas where I come from, I have to go through tests to actually get my certificate. Mm-hmm. The same for British uh, exactly. education. The US as well, you have to undergo like a series of tests after you finish your university. Uh, after finishing the degree. Yeah. So once you've got done your bachelor's and then master's, then you have to do a set of professional um Yes, mm. mentioning, which is about contract law, uh, all sorts of law related to practicing architecture, code of conduct, how to like boring uh, stuff. No? Really boring stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but once you finish that, then you're allowed to legally call yourself an architect. If you do that, really? yeah. So if you yeah. call yourself an architect beforehand, yeah, you are you, you you could be fine. You could go to prison. That's so sad. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. s- you already spent so many years studying know, architecture, really and then trying to put you off. <laughs> and then you re- you need to study more. Like, there is a legal weight of uh, mm. for like being an architect yeah. in Brazil. You actually are legally responsible for what you're doing. Yeah. So it's a it's a very different relationship. Yeah. So yeah. how is it here? Like you say, this is a challenge. What is the challenge related to the title? Well, I think it's quite open. But the openness of it for someone coming from overseas is hard to grasp, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, But at the same time, it's not as open as you imagine because mm-hmm. it's kind of a niched uh, sector. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone is an architect, someone's a landscape architect, someone is a planning architect. And those uh, things are quite different. Uh, whereas in many other places, those are three... They, those are the same professions. You just okay, decide okay. which kind of assignment you want to do. Mm. Um, so I guess like 
trying to understand the, the nuances of the profession without having resources, explaining it clearly, um, and also understanding how to start looking for a job, what kind of CV you should uh, tame or what, what kind of portfolio, because each country also has these specifics regarding what you should write in your CV. Yeah, should like you the, cul- the culture of applying and making profile exactly. portfolio, sorry. In some places, you should definitely not put your picture on a CV. No, you don't do it. Mm. Other places you can, but you need to know where you're working with. Mm. And uh, I think what I found was to, I was not able to find the resources in the beginning and talking with other international architects was really important for me. So I could understand, okay, how was your experience? Some people, they have like connections before they come. Mm. Those connections that are already established in the Swedish market help them. And, you know, they, you yeah. the word to mouth happens. Mm. But when you don't have this connection, then it's really hard to find where to start or what to do and how to initiate the process of looking for a job. Yeah. What, what are the other challenges? Um, to establish these connections as well. Of course, yeah. Because um, it's... Um, I mean, there were not many events mm. happening uh, when I came, mm. except from this meetup focused on international architects, but there were not an opportunity for me to actually know more places. So an interesting fact, when I first came to Sweden the very first time as a visitor, I got in touch with a lot of offices. Mm. And this was uh, summer 2017. And uh, I got in touch with a lot of offices just to see, ah, can I come and visit? I am an architect and I'm interested in moving to Sweden. Okay. So I'm testing the waters. And I got a lot of replies like, oh, we close for five weeks during the summer yeah. or four weeks during yeah. the summer. And I was like, how come? <laughs> <laughs> Is that such a yeah, thing? Like, yeah. I never heard of it before. Uh, so just this simple thing is so different mm. for me to understand and how m- the impact it has uh, on someone coming from a different country, you know, like, oh, so this is when I'm going to have my holiday, so I'm going to have to plan visiting my family overseas during this time of the year then, because it doesn't seem to be uh, that flexible. You should be taking time off during the time. Um, So, I mean, it was interesting back then because I started to understand the industry. Mm. I managed to visit an office and I managed to establish some connections in the beginning, but... uh, I was so naive. I had no idea what was ahead of me. And as soon as I became aware, I was like, I wouldn't dare get in touch with an office like that again. And just like coming <laughs> and saying hi, because I understood that it's maybe very unusual, yeah. I think. Yeah. So so like the challenges are first the, the, the language barrier, then the where you find information, and also like the culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Fatima, back to you. So you saw people with these challenges and was like the ne- the the next step that you what, like that you did more concrete what was the next step yeah, so uh the very first step was to have a meetup and see who the expats are and and that was really just to get to know everyone and see what's happening hear their stories and then we became a team a team of volunteers mm. and then just talking to that team of about 10 11 people trying to assess the situation a little bit more. Because my problem was different for, from someone like Myra, for example. I registered with various architects pretty quickly uh, because I had studied in the UK. Yeah. 
Um, whereas somebody else may have wait, had to wait for two years to get their membership mm. and get that stamp of approval, you see, that the, the quality is there. So just uh, slowly we tried, we tried to understand the situation and ask the questions and try to within ourselves. And then having these online meetups, talk a little bit more and understand the situation a bit more. But as we went further f- uh, during 2021, it, quite, it was quite apparent that the problem isn't just being newly arrived. The problem isn't just looking for a job. Because at some point, some we will find a job. True, true. It, it's not that it's it's not that harsh in a way, um, but the question is, what kind of job? Uh, are you happy at that job? That would be the next question. Once mm. you are in it, are you actually growing, mm. or are you being cast aside? And then also trying to get the local architects to show more interest, because from our perspective, we realize that. Yes, we can do everything we can to put our CVs in a certain way, put our portfolios together, uh, network and so on. But if the interest is not uh, also there, mm. then it's going to be hard no matter what we do. Yeah. Um, so then it, it was quite apparent that we need to have this platform needs to be for everyone mm. and it needs to act. We ca- kept saying it's a bridge between the local and the newly arrived or, or the internationals. But it's a two-side bridge. So yeah. as much as we're interested, we hope that the locals are also interested mm-hmm. in bringing this international internationality and diversity. Yeah, yeah. And also it was quite apparent that there is a difference between having a diverse company and having an international company. They can be the same, but sometimes they're different. Mm. So you can be international, but you could still be... And not diverse. And not diverse. Yeah. So that was also one of the findings that, okay... There are actually two different things that mm. they are related. Yeah. Um. So all of that kind of uh, throughout the meetings and just looking, listening, talking to people, uh, observing the situation. And we are new as well. So we don't want to go out there and say, oh, we figured it all out. But we True. don't want to make that uh, judgment so quickly. So that was quite interesting. And we then we started to put a little bit more like define our agenda, who should be the target group and why. Mm. Um, and where should we take it and who is an international architect you could be Swedish and consider yourself an international architect then uh, you want to connect with people like us because you want to keep your the doors open for yourself maybe you want to move elsewhere maybe you want to go to Brazil yeah. would you ask Myra <laughs> so so those things we thought okay this could be quite a, a, a good place for everyone mm. um, and we're hoping to take those um challenges and those questions forward and make a difference and not just be a little community of newly arrived who are in their bubble and then they find a job and then it's all forgotten yeah exactly Mm. Mm. and Mayra like um, uh, Fatima mentioned the people and you had many meetings so you're still doing volunteering like how is the structure of the team we are all volunteers Um, spread it through Sweden based in Gothenburg, Malmo, and Stockholm currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of us we've never met physically before. We have um, online meetings and we keep in touch through groups. It's like uh, we have like an organization, let's say spreadsheets and schedules and Google Drive content. Um, but um, we are all volunteers and quite a lot of us have full-time jobs so this is something we do on the side some of us are looking for jobs and um, 
yeah, then more time avail- available, let's say. But that changes a lot as well. Like uh, some people start to get involved with learning a language or get a new job and they some of them stick with us. Some of them just uh, have to focus on something else and that's perfectly fine. So, um, yeah, they we are volunteers. Yeah. Uh, but is it is it uh, is it a network association? What is it like? If we talk more about the form of, I think we call ourselves an organization, right? No, no, wait, wait. Now we need to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We need to be clear because you studied this two years of law or something. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, now exactly. we need to. I would, I would <laughs> call it perhaps. I would call it a social platform at yeah, the moment. Social, yeah. No, but well, tell me, like, is it is it an official registered organization or not? Not yet. No. Okay. So it's a kind of uh, a digitally digital. existing. Uh, yeah. yeah. We are going towards that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, for now, we're uh, a social online platform. A social yeah. platform, exactly. And uh, we haven't uh, went up, we haven't gone up yet to become an organization, but that's our ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can actually apply for funds and do things yeah. with like some funding and be able to overcome this boundary of just being volunteers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are currently just a social platform. Yeah. And like, because now we're many groups in different cities. So how do you uh, talk with each other? Who is like the leader? There, there should be some kind of a structure to, to, to have this running. We have, uh, we've structured ourselves into, two, in, into different teams. Mm. So we have the social media team, we have the graphics team, we have the events and we have Google Drive or Information Center. And then we have the management team. And now we are also adding new teams like uh, surveys and Google mm. and so on. Um, so that's how, and people are in different teams in, uh, under those groups working together, volunteers. And each group has its own leader. And then there is uh, two of us who are doing the overall coordination. I don't want to call it management because it's quite boring. But overall coordination between all these teams. And we are act- the way we do it because we're all working. We have WhatsApp and we have Slack. I mean, this is all the detail, um, but it's constantly going. We mm. never sleep because our time schedules are different. Sometimes I'm doing work YAS at 10 p.m. Sometimes Myra is there at, I don't know, 6 a.m. <laughs> so we have to, we just have to push it forward. So we have a yeah. weekly plan and whoever has time at a certain hour the just jumps, jumps in and we divide the tasks so we know what we're doing weekly mm. and then we just take it from there. Basically, we're trying to work like a firm but in a digital format and not being there together all the time. So it's really being flexible. Why do you do that? Good question. I think we want like, to make... Like now you have a job. I guess both of you have a job. Yes. So just say thank you and give it to the next. Why, why do you do that? That's the thing. We needed to get to a stage where this could be passed to, some, to the next group and that we needed a structure because otherwise it would fade away just like all the other initiatives that started to happen before. Facebook groups that no one knows who the admin is and you know you can't activate it again uh, or content that no one has access to and cannot continue to um, put information there and update information. So we wanted to organize a structure and a set of goals that could help whoever comes and joins next and yeah. like gives it the freedom to continue despite our presence and our um, contribution. Uh, and that's hard to achieve as well. I understand. But like, why do you put so much hours on this? 
because we're passionate about it yeah. <laughs> because it's a, it's a subject that's quite close to all of us and we no matter if you have a job or not the the dialogues will be ongoing so you are always part of that dialogue because you're always that international or foreign architect or whatever you want to name it so we know this problem will not it's not a problem but this topic will not go away so we are excited about it we want to push it forward we want to make it uh, something more permanent as myra said we want to make it this or, uh, organism that it can keep going and we can leave it or come back or you know be but be part of the dialogue but we also i think i want to speak for all of us we also like to make a change i think personality wise we're all ambitious we like to make a difference and we've experienced something that we think we can make a difference here and why not contribute it's uh, i think we're all quite excited about that we're actually doing something that will affect more than just us more people more many people not just a few mm. of us mm. and then if it can last and if, if it will last then even better then we can always come and come back and keep those dialogues going and the industry changes as well this year we have one issue the next year might be another so yeah it will never get boring if you want to say it in that um. sense so um you could call it that we're passionate about it passionate about this topic this agenda because we have experienced it ourselves firsthand and we feel that we have a lot to say and we can make a positive mm-hmm. uh, difference in this industry yeah what, what do you think and yeah adding to that i think we are gonna always be international in a way no matter how much we learn about the language, no matter how much we learn about the culture and the working culture, we, it's impossible for us to just leave behind what we've learned prior to coming to Sweden. And this should be rather embraced. And I think getting uh, putting together the social platform and engaging it is for me a way to feel like I'm doing something to embrace my internationality and bring bring it closer to my colleagues so they can understand who i am where i come from how the ways i think and the way our work comes from as well um so this passion is also a motivation for me to keep going because it can be quite challenging to feel like an outsider all the time Mm. and the only way for the the future people coming and for myself in the future to feel less of an outsider is to try to bring my colleagues closer to my word a little bit. Yeah. So I think that's my motivation. Mm, very interesting. Tell me about how many people are there in the different communities or what do you call it? Social clubs? What do you call it? Groups. Groups. Oh, sorry. Groups. Yeah. Groups. Um, uh, how many people are there and like how do they join? Is it free? Well, there's about 12 of us. 12 of us, um, we often post on our platforms that we're looking for volunteers. 12, uh, 12 the team? Yes, at the okay, moment. Okay. So there's 12 of us in the team and then we're subdivided. We do overlapping work as well. So, <laughs> so um, uh, But we often post on social media that we're looking for volunteers and we always get a lot of responses. <laughs> so uh, it hasn't been difficult finding people. Um, and it's free to join. Uh, we're all open to everyone uh, from all backgrounds. The more diverse, the better, because we learn more. Um, and uh, people are also free to leave anytime, because as Myra mentioned, it's um, life happens and you have to prioritize things. And it's not easy to give your time to something like this. Um, but we keep it open so people can come in and go. Uh, and it's free. And we, we like having more people involved as well. 
we need more people. We need yeah, more yeah. people. <laughs> but it's also free, like for people to join the group as like yes. not a team. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. We have mm. now um, social media uh, profiles or channels, yeah. LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Mm. Um, those three share the same kind of content, and one can decide to just follow all of them and kind of uh, absorb the information. Mm. That's yeah, part of the network yeah. we want to grow. Because I was following the uh, recently, mm-hmm. the, I see there is a like a, a graphic profile or layout. Uh, seems like uh, things are getting super serious now and uh, super professional, because before it was not like this. Yes. And now I see, I see what what happened. Did they like got money now or? Uh, no, we uh, we we had a sort of a lessons learned during uh, summer, basically July August. Uh, just going through everything mm. and just saying, okay, we need to pause, we need to restructure. Yeah. And now we've learned a, new thing, a few things. Let's see how we can uh, properly structure it. Until now, it was a little bit more experimental, trying to uh, observe the market. Uh, so then we structured. And then we said, okay, now we need to have a proper identity, graphic yeah. identity, but not just graphics, but the content as well. Yeah. Because now we, now we know who's our target group or now we know who we want to target um then we then we have to follow that kind of pattern mm-hmm. and then the the look and feel and all of that followed as yeah. well so who's your target group now we're targeting the new newly arrived uh the international architects or foreign architects who have been working here or are working here we're targeting swedish architects who consider themselves international but if they've studied abroad and if they want to be connected and the local architects who are here, working here, have lived here or studied here and uh, are quite embedded with the industry here. Mm. Um, so those are the main target groups that we hope to engage with in yeah. different ways through different uh, platforms like the events or the information center or the um, attending uh, things like this podcast. Yeah. So to target different, uh, like address different groups and see how we can connect with them mm. and how we can get them to engage with us and learn from there as well. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting like how you got the structure and you're just only doing it voluntarily based. Mm. Yeah. So Mayra, tell me like what kind of content or what do you what do you provide as a international architect Sweden? I I'm always trying not to say I A S. I hope Okay, finally. <laughs> so tell me, what what do you do? Um, as uh, Fatima mentioned, we have the target groups. Yeah. And we try to tame the content we share now on a weekly basis uh, in a way that is interesting for at least three of these groups. Uh, so we are currently, or we last week launched uh, the information, uh, IIS Information Center, which is a platform holding a lot of information that we gathered uh, through these last two years, uh, combining um, building permits, uh, looking for jobs, um, references of all kinds, and we uh, divided them in different folders. Uh, So we put together a website, a very simple one, and we launched it so people can have access to it. The idea was to provide the resources that we always lacked in one place um so there if you recently alive arrived you can come and like 
look for the name of the main companies or where to find the companies or how to look for uh, work and uh, organizations in Sweden that help you to, to find job as well. And, um, and then if, you are, if you're already employed, but you are lacking information about like building permits, for example, you want to understand more how to understand the, the, the law in Sweden. We have put together um, a list of books and uh, links and places that you can find this information. Mm. So we are trying to share these in, uh, with a social media strategy somehow, um, focused on like trying to combine these three, four target groups, uh, we, share, we said. So we have content for newly arrived, trying to understand the terminology of the, mm. the positions. Yeah. Um, so that means these in English. So you can understand that, oh, okay, so I can apply for this position because yeah. I have this level of experience. Uh, we are also celebrating uh, us. like So we often post um, the profiles of those who are interested. Yeah, in I see. It's I, I really like it when you post like about people. Yeah. Mm? Um, in the beginning, before we restructured, we were posting um, the profiles and their portfolio. We are going to go back to do it, but now following our yeah. graphics structure. Um, so this is something very important as well, because it, like, as someone wanting to put yourself out there, it's not that easy to find a place where you can actually yeah, say, hello, say hello, I'm here. Yeah. Um, so it's an idea to celebrate all of us here. Um, and we want to host more events and those events will be part of our network content or our social media content as well. But we also share the events that are happening or are going to mm. happen in, 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 in the country uh, in the coming weeks, in the coming months, in the yeah. coming year. So this is a way as well to communicate everything that is happening in the industry to everyone. Exactly. Interested. What kind of events do you organize? Up till now, it's been mostly networking and uh, expat events, talking about uh, different issues. What are your experiences? Sharing experiences mm. together. Mm. Um, but we then, towards the end of, uh, well, I want to say end, but last year, kind of towards summer, uh, we changed the topic a little bit. We, we realized, okay, it's not just about how, where do you go find a job or where, how do you update your CV. It's also about um, what is an architect in this country in comparison to your country. So we then started to find those topics that became more interesting again, re relevant to our target groups. For example, uh, the one of the events we did was about comparing the practice of architecture in Sweden and elsewhere. And we had 500 people interested to attend. And wow. It was in June. This is crazy. June, summertime, nobody cares about you know being online and networking and so on. 500 people interested and we had quite a few turned up i think there were about 100 who actually did join and we had architects from everywhere we had people connecting from denmark to greece to people being in sweden swedish architects who had studied elsewhere and moved back and needed to know what's yeah. the difference and then we started to ask questions is the title of architect protected in your country what is the ratio of male to female is it well paid and all those little things that we all know about mm. that we can just casually talk about as friends and then we kind of realized, okay, this is this is good. This is now engaging because we are now all interested in this. And it's actually we're learning from each other and that's what we want to do. Mm -hmm. So we are hoping that we had taken a little break from events uh, to focus on the restructuring. Yeah. And we're hoping that this year we will then go to those topics that we found really interesting and engaging 
for example, you know, the, the role of the architect in this country, the, the way they do the yeah. fee proposal in comparison to other places and how does that reflect the arch- on the architecture and subsequently how does that reflect on who you employ? And why? Yeah. Why do they have to be diverse? Mm. Why do you want the, to the, the company to represent different nationalities or different cultures or different backgrounds? So those things we want to explore and get people to come and debate and talk and exactly. just exchange that knowledge. And we're hoping to focus on that uh, towards the end mm. of this year, hopefully. Mm. Yeah, but 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 as Myra said, because we're volunteers and we're doing this in our spare time, we have to also be realistic what we can achieve. Of course, because between ten, eleven of us, I don't know how many hours a week we're putting in. I can imagine like so many hours. What is what is the next step of this? Now you're established a structure, you have a plan, and so on. What what is the next? I think um, we want. I think we are now in a place where we can think of formalizing our um, social platform as perhaps an organization. So we are looking into that and understanding what the possibilities are. Coming here today was definitely part of our next step. Uh, We wanted to be ready to share our existence with the rest of Sweden. So uh, thanks for the the time. And um, our idea is that we can grow uh, in a way that we are bringing more people interested to be part of our world and also um, connecting with others that we can actually uh, can be enablers for us to continue and, and spreading the word because um, things can go in a very organic way that we can't predict. Maybe in two years from now we are going to be something that we can't even imagine we are or we can be in the future but uh, we want to grow, we want to um, spread the word, we want to go outside of just uh, Stockholm, Gothenburg and Malmo, for example. It would be perfect to have other volunteers or participants living in the north of Sweden or in the uh, inner states. And uh, so we can understand what's happening there too. And uh, we can only do that if we are, if we become big enough and we have the power and hands and resources to do so. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about one thing here. How is the atmosphere? Is there a lot of negative energy because many people looking for a job, many people looking like mad of because of the system here? What, like, it, share with us what the feelings, the atmosphere. How is it? I think we get contacted by a lot of uh, job seekers wanting a simple answer. How do I get a job? And it's, there is no simple answer. It's uh, a work. Yeah. Um, You'd be like, go to the information center. Yeah. <laughs> that's basically what we say. Yeah, that's what we hope to do. <laughs> um, and I think, I guess, I'm assuming that a lot of people, they get a little bit frustrated with the answer because I don't know whenever we get contacted, sometimes it feels like uh, they believe that we are here to, to help people to find give, a job. To I give a job. Yeah, and that's not really the truth. Mm. Um, so it's very important for us to also change this uh, image. Mm. We, I, we got there somehow. We didn't want to get there, but there is this image and this stigma. Um, but I think looking for a job is a place that is hard in life uh, for everyone being young or 
older or late in your career, it's not a very comfortable place to be. So, of course, I assume that whoever is in this position is probably feeling a bit negative about everything. Yeah, yeah. And I guess these last two years were proven to be even harder mm. because of the, the pandemic making everything a bit less accessible. Um, but in general, I think we get a lot of positive feedback. We hear as well, like when we share a few times uh, the, the words of like what the positions mean, we got a lot of positive feedback. Mm. Oh, thanks. That helped me a lot, like clarified what the position I was applying for yeah. meant and so on and so forth. So that also is very positive. I think that's mm. what we are aiming for. As yeah. Well. And how is it within the social platform? Like when you do the meetups and so on, what's the kind of energy? Curiosity, I would say mostly. I wouldn't say negative. Um, generally, people are there to know more and connect because mm. uh, one thing many people learn when they come here is that network is quite important you know it's like a kind for i think network is the key like is is, is everything in this especially here so they are quite interested in networking to know people to you know someone else who can help them get a job and then of course there are the basic questions where do i get a job uh do you know swedish cvs and so on um and and those are the kind of more curious want to know more how to connect and so on we put together a folder of our information center called networking uh, and we launched it last March, and that's been the most in demand really? folder for s- for obvious reasons. Like what do you, what is there? Like how do we you network? Basically, our folders work in a way. Our information center works in a way that we are not writing the information ourselves. We're linking them or connecting them, pointing them to other platforms. Ah. Like for example, we say, "Are you interested in Swedish architecture? Here, go to our Vanessa. Listen to our Vanessa yeah. podcast." So we. We list those things because size because before you continue, sorry for interrupting. Mm-hmm. I was thinking like now you put information in from your perspective, and mm-hmm. this might be limited. With all respect to you, no, no, we are not writing the information. We are only pointing them where to find the information you're looking for. If you're looking for planning permission, or if you're looking for about billing regulations, there is, for example, Bubeket's website. And these are the English pages. And, and so that's what we do. We really just give a little explanation and let them decide. And if that information is updated, then we don't have to worry about that. So with the networking, we listed all the places you could go to network, mm-hmm. including, you know, IS itself. Yeah. Um, and let, letting them know. And that was in demand. That's so nice. <laughs> more, than it, more than the language and jargon <laughs> folder, more than everything else, more than newly arrived. <laughs> Um, another interesting was the thing was that because our title is International Architects Sweden, yeah. we get a lot of people from outside of Sweden who want to move here contacting uh. us because when they search online, Sveriges Architect. You appear first. Yeah, it's not, a, it's not an English no. title. So they think we are the main body. Yeah. And then we have to tell them, oh, actually, you need to go to Sveriges mm-hmm. Architect or now go to our information center. So, um, so. I didn't find necessarily a negative vibe, more mm. about I want to really integrate, please help. Yeah, yeah. And and often everybody's so enthusiastic as well, which is amazing. Mm. Just really want to connect and, and know you and be part of this. Yeah. Did you try to make a deal with Svaris Architecta? Because now you have a system, you have a team. Did you tell them, okay, can we join and be such like a sub team in your organization because there is this demand and so on? We haven't yet. Um, the... M- the motion I put forward in 2020 was suggesting uh, that that something like this becomes part of their 
services, but uh, no, we have not approached them. I mean, why? I mean, I mean, Swiss Architecture already a big organization, and uh, why you not join Power instead of creating something new? And the end, I mean, you're one. It is a good question. It's something yeah. that we are exploring again as part of this year's agenda. Yeah, see yeah. Where we can take it and uh, how useful this is to everyone, and then see or any other organization is interesting yeah, because because I'm thinking like this if you want to link people to the market you should first be linked uh, somehow like so how is your relationship with the with the existing infrastructure here in Sweden like with different associations um, com- studios uh, organizations do you have a, a close touch with them um, yes and no we have the close contact with uh, the places we are occupying, we are employed at, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but not much more outside of it. Mm. Um, and we want to. And I think we got now to a place, our structure, our goals, it's clear enough for us that we can reach out to more people. Um, the same with Sveriges Architecture. I think we've always wanted to uh, approach them, but we first needed to do our... Yeah, you need to have like a fixed structure before you go. And And we had to also test ourselves as well that that this is going to go Mm. forward. So it was too soon to try and bring others in when we were trying to figure out what we need and what we need to do or what we think we need to do. I mean, right now we're we're quite excited about running surveys, uh, Mm. getting companies involved to tell us more about their system or how how they work in terms of diversity, internationality, and all of that. And uh, yeah, we are interested in doing more events that are also interesting for others. Yeah. And then once that's you know, in a good place, then we can say, great, now, now we, we can do now We can actually. Mm-hmm. Because what I see, like you have a kind of pool of talents, you know, and it's very good for companies to be in touch with you to get these kind of talents. Yes, we hope so. We hope that they that we have companies following us on our social media platforms, architectural companies in Sweden. So they are following our, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but not necessarily being active. Yeah, because like products. also like following this, maybe the social media manager is not like the one who is responsible for the rec- recruiting the, um, the people. But we do have positive uh, experiences that some of our volunteers mentioned the engagement and the involvement with IAS mm-hmm. and that was a positive outcome on their hiring process. Nice. Um, so I guess this is the start of something. Yeah. We are in the start of something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I we can just go forward and continue to try to engage to these other organizations, offices, studios, and it's very architecture. Yeah. Do you see recently that there are Swedish architects coming or no, they are like not I really engaged? It's been more than last year, I would say. Mm. It's been more than last year, but uh, not to the extent we want to. We wanted to, so we are we are trying to make yeah. that a little yeah. bit more. Uh, as I said, uh, the more the Swedish architects interested, the better, because the dialogues then yeah. can actually happen. And they are the key, and they are the key to mm. unlocking this door. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, so yeah, we we are hoping to engage more with the the companies and the local architects. Mm-hmm. So what is what is on the agenda? What is going to happen now before the summer? Summer after the summer? What do you have like uh, some highlights? 
we have some highlights. <coughs> we keep revising them. <laughs> yeah, like first uh, Urbanistica podcast. Urbanistica, yeah, so we basically, uh, we have a few um, goals to hit. Uh, one is the launch of the website. I think that's a big one. When is it? Uh, we have a date. Well, we have a time, but I don't want to announce it yet. <laughs> 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 this year, this year. Sometime. Oh, really? Yeah, Thank you so this much. Year, <laughs> that's all I can give you. And uh, we are looking at some uh, larger events such as uh, H22, Helsingborg 22. Uh, we're hoping to be present there as well. And we are talking to some uh, other international architects here who we hope to engage with in terms of events and debates and to have guest speakers. Like, for example, last year we had someone from Spheris Architecture who was a guest at that yeah. event, and that was quite well received. Um, so uh, we have these things, but generally it's the surveys. We want to be able to launch some surveys amongst yeah. different target groups and the website because we think that is a good yeah. place for everyone yeah. to start yeah. and some key events we'll see yeah. cool and how about the team how much how many people you want seeing uh, and so on i think we would like to start being attractive to the swedish um, uh, locals mm -hmm. uh, having them as volunteers will definitely help a lot we at the moment only have international uh, um, volunteers and uh, yeah, I don't think we have a number that we can say we want to have these many volunteers in our group, but we want to have the quality of the volunteers as well, mm. because it's very important that our volunteers uh, not only do everything, but also have the initiative and, you know, have the openness to try their own ideas. Um, so I guess we need to. We need more volunteers for sure at the moment because we are starting to like hands to mm. do everything. Mm. As we grow, we the demands grow as well. Uh, let's say now I think we need at least one more for each of our groups, so five mm. uh, more volunteers. Um, but through the year, maybe we need double of it, mm. or like we need to yeah. make ourselves double as well. So we have to see how much we can yeah. achieve. No, it's really interesting what you did and what you're doing now and will do. And I will be more than happy to follow the journey. And after publishing the website, maybe we can record another one and see like the effect and so on. So I will be happy to follow your, your story one more time again. It'd be fantastic. We would love to be here. Yeah. 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 So um, is this only happening here in Sweden? Like uh, the barrier with the language, uh, the culture, people are a bit closed the studios are closed to hire like people are, which study in another country another discipline and so on or no what do you think you have been in many countries yeah no not at all it's a discussion that happens in every single country i've stepped on each of them have their own challenges i'd say some it's like as we mentioned before some countries do require a, uh, an assessment or a certification in order to actually uh, act as an architect so this is a challenge in some countries it can take you like three four years to get these certifications yeah you have to undergo a number of exams and um, these alone is a challenge um, the language or even like the passport salaries under mm. payment is often a discussion uh, we follow some other references on social media some groups that are active 
like in Switzerland, in the US, with the same agenda. Uh, being a foreigner, any country you go, it's often yeah. uh, challenging. Mm. Uh, but as I said, the challenges can differ. Uh, the nature of the challenges uh, can differ. Some countries are more open to more cultures. I guess like Fatima can say more about it. But I have the idea that the architecture industry in the UK is super diverse. Mm. But then there are other, other yeah. challenges yeah. that come with that as well. Or not that come with that, but they are presented to those trying to go into this market. Um, so it's not restricted to Sweden. Mm-hmm. Because this is what I want to say. Now, um, on the podcast, we have uh, listeners from 125 countries. And maybe now they got image that it's like, don't think about coming to Sweden because you will face these problems, you know? Mm-hmm. So this is what I want to, to know from you. Like, is it only in Sweden or it's a common thing? Or wh- wh- what do you think, Fatima? Uh, well, for me, um, I lived in London for a long time and that sort of spoils you uh, for many reasons. One is that it's made of uh, London is diverse. It can't get more diverse than that. And uh, the, the, the culture, the architectural practices, the majority, the culture is quite competitive, which is different from here. Here we have uh, the culture of Jantelagen, which is sort of almost you, you're a bit aware of when you're too competitive. You know, you, so uh, there it's more about if you're from somewhere else, uh, the culture is very curious, so they're interested. But also, because they're interested to work internationally, then they are interested in you. If yeah. if they're getting projects in Dubai, which they are, they do go for, mm-hmm. then uh, then they will look for people who can speak Arabic. Yeah. So that really changes everything. And some co- companies deliberately hire internationals from East Asia and so on. So then when the opportunity comes... They, they take can it. immediately yeah. say, we have a team of Asian architects, yeah. for example. Yeah. So it's a lot more different. But uh, over there, we have other issues like mm-hmm. uh, um, the uh, the sexism. And yeah. But in general, I think it's also n- it's not as diverse as it should be when mm-hmm. the UK. And now there is this new movement of trying to make companies more diverse or qu- yeah, asking yeah. the questions and not just diversity as you know it doesn't just mean about being from a different race it's about many aspects of life that of uh, inclu- it includes so um my experience here has been quite an extreme <laughs> in comparison to where i mm. come from so it's uh, it's unfair to compare i think sweden and yeah. uk specifically london um but i think it's a global mm. problem no it's interesting to to hear this reflection and I, I hope we will have more time in the coming episode to talk more like deeply. Now we talked about the, the, the social platform and so on. So next one, we talk more about like these kind of aspects. And now we are in the last section of this episode. Uh, time flies. So uh, this section is going to be more about you and your relationship to architecture and so on. So we start with you, Mayra. What should architects uh, stop doing? Um, Please be be kind to your colleagues. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's a hard question. Um, <laughs> put me on the spot here. <laughs> but I think uh, not only architects, but urban planners, landscape architects, and everyone involved in the industry and uh, should maybe start to think more about the experiences places can offer 
rather than the target groups we are trying to go for. Because when we, I feel that sometimes when I'm designing something and I'm thinking on the group that is going to be used, this is limited. It's a limited understanding of the space because it can, I can only imagine as, uh, as much as I, I, I saw before or as much as I experienced myself. And uh, my understanding of uh, the possibilities of a space is way more limited and perhaps biased compared to other possibilities. Mm. Um, so I'm trying to think more of like an experience rather than a target group yeah. uh, when I do my work. And I see that as being a good lead because places change, uh, cultures change, and uh, it's important that with changes, we can accommodate all the diversity mm -hmm. coming to cities especially. So it's important that an older person, a younger person, um, different genders, different ethnicities feel welcome in the places we are designing, mm -hmm. especially talking about the outdoor spaces, the public spaces. Yeah. Um, and I think that's only possible to achieve if we start to think about the experiences rather than the target groups. Yeah, yeah. more like the experience is the aim. Yeah. Mm. How about you, Fatima? What should architects uh, stop uh, doing? So, I mean, it's uh, quite similar to what Mara was saying. It's, uh, I feel we should stop uh, designing buildings uh, in isolation with their context and relationship to the city and, also, uh, and, and its users. And, and the big part of that is also think about the future. Think about what's going to happen in 10 years, 15 years. Um, I feel right now many of the buildings we're designing are not open enough. And the, we are changing as, as a culture that we want to be more open and we want to have, uh, you know, the architecture is changing, that we want to have these public spaces. So um, I feel we should stop designing. I, it's really hard you're asking me to tell architects what not to do. Um, and stop designing in buildings in isolation and think about the bigger picture, yeah. the broader picture and the future, the past and so on. And also think about legacy. Mm. I think that's quite uh, important for me as well. Yeah. And what should architects do more or start doing? Connect with their audience, I guess. Uh, like the users? The users. The, um, the uh, Again, goes back to think about the future and... Uh, relationship to the the context and uh, connect with people connect with cultures and uh, and be part of it and have good dialogues really rather than before putting the uh, pen on paper yeah. try to understand why you're doing this as from personal perspective from professional point of view and from your client's point of view because at the end of the day it's the client who needs to be convinced and who is the client exactly are you actually reading the client well are you connecting with them are you just thinking about what you think it should be is best for the job yeah how about you yeah not that different um what should the architects do more I think we should be occupying all the platforms we can in terms of uh, practicing our speech and our dialogue, as Fatima mentioned. Uh, make the close proximity to the users, because I think we have a key role in enabling social interactions in cities. So the only way for us to provide quality and good experiences is that we understand and we can communicate verbally with our users, because I think we often get like stuck in the bubble of we are very good in communicating our ideas to other professionals of our field but if 
someone without the background we have comes and listens to what we are saying, it's often like, this is not tangible. I have no idea what you're talking about. And I think we often make the same mistake when we are designing. So it's important that we go forward uh, the conversation and uh, communication with mm. our user, bring, like, come closer to them and uh, make this connection closer. Yeah. And, and if, you, if you are allowed to create one rule or add one thing to our cities, all our cities from urban planning and architecture perspective, what will you add? I would, um, yeah, hard. <laughs> I would um, make cars, <laughs> uh, take them out of cities, I think. I think they um, limit what we can do um, in, the sen- in the sense of city perspective and uh, city planning. So making the, the co- no-car cities like my ultimate goal like car, car free cities car free cities mm. car free societies if i could but what's car, car free societies uh-huh. if i could but that maybe is too utopic <laughs> <laughs> but the car free cities yeah. i think it's my mm. my goal and you fatima it's exactly the same also you will help yeah, her to do that. i will help her to do that no it's been <laughs> an, it's, it's been a dilemma of mine mm. because you know as architects we spend so much time trying to design for cars and you sit there and think, well, what if there were no cars? What if it was never invented? Yeah, and exactly. What would the cities look like? Would we have suburbans? Would mm. we have this culture of dad is working in the city, commuting three hours in a, in a, in, you know, on, by car, and therefore the family life sacrifices yeah. uh, itself for that matter mm. because of the situation? And uh, that would have changed the culture, I think. That would have changed the environment in, in societies, you know. Um, not just we're not just talking about physical spaces we're talking about relationships mm-hmm. so um, it's a huge challenge I think now for us architects that when we uh, often when I if I'm asked to put a parking block uh, on the site I'm thinking what about in 50 years when there are no yeah. cars or hopefully no cars what is happening to this building can we convert it to something else can it become residential can it you know just Thinking about that future, mm. uh, I think as a designer is, is a good start <laughs> just to be able to imagine that this may not always be the case. Yeah. Let's try and imagine it will not be the case. Then perhaps we will design better cities. Mm-hmm. Mm. So now we are uh, we have the last two questions. And the first one is about you giving us three takeaway messages to the listeners, to me. So what uh, are your three takeaway messages? actually talked about this together because it's been in context of internationality and diversity and for me one of the one of the messages the um cities are made of different people and cultures and so the architecture needs to represent that which means the architects who are designing them need to represent that which means the companies should think about those people being present in their work and uh, I think last one to me. Yeah, international talents um, have as much to offer as uh, local talent, even though it may not seem that way at first glance, but it is worth it. And uh, we want to, uh, we are present here to guarantee it. You know, we are as motivated, as capable as uh, a local talent would be but we probably come across in a different way or we use different languages. But this is good. This is positive. Mm -hmm. And um, 
the other thing is that the diversification diversification does uh, consume energy it is time consuming it's energy consuming but it is as rewarding uh, it's really fun to connect with people that are uh, different think different uh, it's it's positive it's something that it's upbringing as well it, yeah. it lifts the, the spirit mm-hmm. exactly you have more no more and the last question is going to be asked by you so each one of you please ask the listeners a question i can start yeah um i think my question is like uh, the question of one of our events how international would you like to be um i think we my answer is that sweden has a great advantage uh based on the language skills that the majority of the population has and therefore this is like the lead to take care and to care for their internationals coming and arriving i think this gives a big advantage in the integration process and sometimes i look around and i don't understand why this is not being better used in the in the culture so it's a matter of just understanding how much you want to do and how much companies want to integrate yeah because the basic resource which is the universal language to communicate is already there is already part of the the structure and the culture yeah what is your question i mean it would be similar it would be uh, the Yeah, the main key question would be how far you want to go. How how uh, adventurous are you um, when it comes to architecture? Mm. And then on top of that, therefore, who do you want to connect with if you are interested in that kind of uh, um, exploration? Who would you go to and why? And would that mean that in that picture there is a level of internationality involved? Um, that would be my question. Who would you go to? Interesting. Good questions. I just want to say thank you so much for coming, uh, for giving your time to record this um, episode and hopefully talk to you again and we keep the conversation going on. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having us here today. Thank you as well. And we're really happy to be here again. Thank you. <laughs>